Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This Offside Trap is brought to you by our partners. Ooh, winter's coming. Roughneckscarves.com. Oh, if only I had some nice warm piece of fabric to show my love and fandom of all things USL. What about MLS? U.S. men's... U.S. U.S. soccer? All of it. Roughneckscarves.com's got us covered. Really? Literally. Oh. Well, it's getting warm out. Do they have anything for that? Got like summer it's, it's, scarves, homie. Summer scarves? Yeah. All oh. kinds of scarves, material. What if I want tassels, don't want it tassels? Does, doesn't matter. You mix and match it. Whatever you choose, guaranteed quality. What kind of selection are we talking about? All of it. All of it? 100%. 100%? It's lit, fam. <laughs> For real, though, guys, go to roughneckscarves.com and check out the selection. They have a better selection than your team store. I guarantee you that they're going to have every scarf that your MLS team, including those of you who may be listening from SKC, um, all of your scarf needs, you can go to roughneckscarves.com and find. Roughneckscarves.com. And guess what? First time purchasing? 15% off. Just knock it right off. Right off the bat. Just put, lop it off the top. Put your email address in. You don't have to give up a firstborn. You don't need a home before dark promo code. Nothing. No. Nothing. Winter's here. Uh, but summer's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Roughneckscarves.com. Roughneckscarves.com. On to the show. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> Let's go! It's a trap! It's a trap! Welcome to another Offside Trap, our eighth installment. 
I, we keep guessing on the number every week. You think we've, by we have, now we, we have know seven, how many we've, we've we've seven matches played. We do it the week of the match. It's match week eight for Atlanta United anyway, because we're dealing with a stupid MLS schedule, which we're having to get used to, which these guys I'm sure are used to oh, quite a bit by now. Um, math checks out. I'm, math I'm math checks out, yeah. yeah. Uh, week eight, going into match week eight against uh, SKC away in Kansas City. Going to the, going to the place where Jacob Peterson... Stuck a dagger in the heart of his old team two years ago. <laughs> That's right. And stole two points. Right. Um, and old, we are being... Oh, go old, ahead. I was going to say old Jorah Mormon himself. <laughs> <laughs> and we're being joined by uh, by Jimmy and Dan of No Other Pod. How are you guys tonight? Doing great. Thank you for You're having awesome. us. Good to be here. Yeah, we uh, we started the show and then we told you we we're gonna go live and you had to do a, a wardrobe change, which I appreciate. So what yeah. kit what kit did you end up putting on? I couldn't quite make it out. It's old school, man. Get the retro on, man. The wizard's jersey. Oh, very cool. Very there you cool. go. Yeah, well, okay, go back. So I, I take it you've been Dan, you've been a fan of SKC and, and Kansas City Wizards for a while now. No, I'll tell you, it was very weird. I mean, when I was younger, I went to a few games here and there, but then kind of just fell off the train and, and didn't really get back into it till uh, after the rebrand. Like I think the whole marketing structure and when uh, they changed over to Sporting Kansas City, I was one of the fans that was, you know, just captured like everyone else, you know. When did that happen? It's like 2011, right, Jimmy? 2010, I want to say. Yeah. So. What was that whole uh, – so what was the vibe like going through that process? Um, obviously, our familiarity with the league really didn't start until 2015 or so. Um, so what was the process like leading up to it? Why, why was that decision made in general? I'm just not well-versed in the whole rebranding effort and why that happened. And then what changes did that take within the culture that maybe uh, enhanced it or at least just changed it moving forward over the past eight years or so? Yeah, it started with uh, a new ownership group. They, they bought the club, uh, I want to say in 2009, they were still a Kansas City Wizards. Um, they, they saw just a lot of potential with the club. Um, they wanted to build a soccer specific stadium and they also wanted to do just a rebrand because, you know, the, the Wizards, it was it was a name that, that was familiar to people in the Kansas City area, but also it hadn't been the most successful club. So they just kind of wanted to take the opportunity to rebrand and see if they could bring something new. Um, so it's a, a tech company, basically some founders of a tech company based in Kansas City bought the club, um, went through a whole rebrand process and announced the name as Sporting Kansas City. And uh, actually, when they first announced the name, people did not like it. They were not a fan of the name Sporting Kansas City because they're like, oh, great. Now we just have another sort of hybrid euro name that you know right the wizards was such a, a unique name but but people just never really bought into it and and the rainbow colors people were kind of thought it was just a little childish um so really what what the, the the big thing was was the new stadium when they built the new stadium um it, it was Livestrong park back then and, and then it became sporting park and now it's children's mercy park uh I think that showed an investment in the club that hadn't been there yet. They were playing in Arrowhead. They'd get like 2,000 people at Arrowhead. It looked terrible. Um, once we got what was pretty much a state-of-the-art facility for the time in MLS, um, and, and then they brought in uh, Peter Vermees as manager who had played uh, with the national team and was sporting case uh, with the Wizards. He'd won MLS Cup with the Wizards. Um, everything just kind of hit on all cylinders at the right time, and 125 MLS uh, sellouts later in a row um, – you know, they, they made the right decision. And, and Peter Vermees has just really brought some uh, stability and, and success to the club. And, and when you win, you guys know when you win, people show up. So yeah, absolutely. it helps. 
That's a hell of a run. 125 consecutive sellouts. Yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty cool. It just ended like a couple weeks ago, right, Jim? Yeah, unfortunately, the the Red Bulls game, the the Kaku game, when he uh, oh. kicked, the, kicked the ball at our fan, um, they were like just a couple hundred short of a sellout. I blame yeah. Game of Thrones because it was the premiere of the season. So, it's, oh man, there's too many things to unpack there. I, I want to get your your take on the uh, Kaku incident, but also <laughs> one of the things we're fighting. You guys are there locally. So you can actually go to the game, but that was one of the big things that we had to talk about. We've got to make decisions here on whether or not we watch Game of Thrones or the game on Sunday. No, <laughs> <just> you. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll both be there at the game. I know. We'll there, you, yeah. you, can, you can watch Game of Thrones later that night. I, so. I just I'm, I'm terrified <laughs> of spoilers, man. I can't do it right yeah. now. You got to stay off Twitter. <laughs> you don't have like a you don't have like a notification system set up on your phone, like with the ESPN or the score app, right? You're not getting alerts whenever somebody dies in game of Thrones. Like just stay away from Twitter. <laughs> things happen, man. I got penny bets. I, I'm doing penny stocks and uh, I'm doing life trading for game of Thrones right now. I got Some a lot of bets. On, nice. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing a lot of game of Thrones prop bets right now. <laughs> so what, uh, Dan, what were your thoughts on the whole Kaku incident a couple of weeks ago? Ooh, we got oh, real hot about that incident. Don't, don't oh boy me. Did you just oh boy? Because you know I, I was did. about to get heated. Oh, it's coming. No, <laughs> nah, man. I was a section away from this whole debacle. I mean, Jimmy's up in the press box, and I'm down there with the us peasants, you know, while Jimmy's up there in his air condition and everything. But uh <laughs> man, he just blasts that dude right in the face, and we all got real hot. I've never seen so many middle fingers in my life just throwing them Kaku's direction. And uh Kaku didn't seem so remorseful, despite what uh, the PR team probably made him write on Twitter. So, yeah. and then I guess the ultimate decision comes down for a two-game suspension. Yeah, yeah. I two think it's, actually, like it's pretty light call in our opinion. I, I think it's maybe not as severe as what some people were calling for his head in a full season ban. Yeah. But I think there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's certainly some happy medium yeah, in there between the two. Definitely happy well, medium because I mean, what if nothing else? This just the MLS front office, the disciplinary board, what have you, all this shows is that they're not taking fan safety seriously enough because violent conduct where you get a straight red on the field, more than likely you're going to end up with a suspension for three games. I mean, you're going to miss the game that you're obviously you're going to get kicked out of the game you're at, but you're going to get a three game suspension. But I mean, the player or the, the fan took a, pretty good shot, right? I mean, concussive uh, or concussion went to the hospital. Yeah, there were reports from someone who who well reports posts on Facebook from from someone who I've had a number of people confirm to me is the fan's sister who was in attendance at the game and 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 she was saying that he had a concussion and could not really remember the incident, couldn't really remember um, the rest of the Red Bulls players coming up after the game and and sort of saying what's up. Um, but yeah, he he supposedly spent an, a night in the hospital and and came out the next day with a concussion and That's crazy. Uh, I think it was uh, Rob Usri, Usri. I don't know how you pronounce yeah, his name yeah, from uh, yeah. uh, Dirty South Soccer, who pointed out that back when I think it was 2012, Breck Shea got a three-game suspension yep. for like just lightly kicking the ball the, at like a referee's uh, legs, and, yep. and Kaku gets a two-game suspension for blasting a fan in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's worse when you're Breck Shea. Yeah, that, that is true. True. you've, you've learned that the hard way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say, you said you've never seen so many middle fingers. Uh, you haven't had Breck Shea play left back for your team. So. <laughs> oh Thank our lucky stars every day. So. Uh, yeah, it's been a fun fun season so well, Yeah, far. you guys have been dealing with an uncharacteristic season given the recent success, right? I mean, you guys are kind of in the same uh, mired slump that we're in right now where it's not up to snuff, not up to par, what you're used to given the run of form of the past few years. I mean, what's what's the temperature like over there? Yeah, I I think, you know, the the season started real hot with, you know, the 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 success that we had in the Champions League beating Toluca 5-0 on aggregate. That makes one of us. <laughs> coming yeah, back. Yeah, but we right? suffered the same fate by the same team. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Right. Monterey is another level, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, things were looking up. That We made it farther than any other MLS team in, in the Champions League. Um, and then injuries, man. When injuries hit you, they, they they hit us and they hit us hard. You know, Roger Espinoza is one of the heart and soul members of our team who's been around for years. He's out mm-hmm. for like up to three months. Beasler, he's out for a few weeks. I mean, um, Dan will tell you the importance of, of those guys for the team. So well, it's the un- Beasler, the Beasler injury is unreal, man, because our defense has been crap these past two games. And it's like, does he really make the whole difference on that back line? He's just one man, but it sure looks like he might. So uh, we're scoring goals, but we're also giving up a hell of a ton of goals too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big fear that we have here. One of the points that we made was that Atlanta United's not really creating a whole lot of chances and, and scoring a lot, and that's maybe my biggest fear going up against uh, SKC, who is conceding a lot of goals, but they're also putting up a lot. So right now, who do you think puts SKC in the best position to get the the result and ultimately the win and who do you think is the biggest liability uh going up against Atlanta United right now oh man I think if you look at what went wrong with the the New England game uh Mm -hmm. we were down 3-1 in the first half crazy Um, game the, the the defense was bad but but the midfield was almost non-existent we, we, we started the game without Roger Espinoza because he's hurt, but we also started the game without uh, Ilya Sanchez, who's our uh, number six defensive midfielder. He's really the link between Tim Melia and the attack. Um, and, and there was just no – I mean, look at the passing charts. There was no defense. There was no creativity in the midfield for us. Um, and then he came in to start the second half, and, and that's when Sporting KC started making some noise. So, I'd, I, I mean, I would say Ilya might be the key to, to Sporting success. Um, but look I, at the – Look at the bad things, man. I mean, you're talking uh, uh, our whole back line. You got Johan Croze playing left back, and he's like our he's our utility player. They just stick him wherever because we pay him too much money to let him sit on the bench. So, but all teams are doing is kicking the ball behind him because you have an out of position left back and you have a center back pairing that don't play together at all. Uh, Abdul Guadabaye, he's been here for like a minute, and Andrea Fontes makes a million dollars, but is kind of slow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah so there's there's been some challenges <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds like a lot of negatives surely there's some positive somebody I'm negative put you guys in a position <laughs> to at least score some goals right Somebody's yeah scoring over there clearly yeah christian namath has been definitely a bright spot um yeah. of former this liverpool great but yeah he came up through the liverpool academy um he, he, he had a hell of a season for sporting in 2015 playing on that left wing because that's when we had Dom Dwyer playing striker. He went away for a few years, went to the revs. Brad Friedel didn't know how to use him or <laughs> apparently anyone else. Or anyone. And uh, so he came back to sporting KC and, and Peter Vermees just believed in him, said he's a true striker. He's he's a striker unlike we've ever had. And, and he's been lighting it up. And then Johnny Russell on that right wing 
can't say enough about Johnny Russell. He's 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 the the creative dangerous um, danger on that right side. He can take people on one on one. He can take people and split them one on two. Um, I mean, man, if Breckshay does start the game at left back and we got Johnny Russell on the right side, I'd be feeding Johnny Russell all yeah, game you, long. I, I don't know if you saw it, but as soon as you started talking about how great your right wing was, I made a look at Tim because that's been, <laughs> that's been the one thing that teams consistently try to expose against this Atlanta offense or Atlanta's defense is trying to pull Breckshay. I don't think that Breckshay has been consistently a bad defender. I think his weakness is that he's going too far upfield and not quick enough to track back and to be in a position to defend that we get exposed consistently at that left back position because he's out of position and can't make the defensive plays that he's capable of making, but just mm-hmm. isn't there to make them. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah so if you, if you have a, a, a talent and a standout at right wing, that makes me, at least a little bit. We have, as somebody in our, in the live chat in the, our episode that we did earlier said, it's a, it's Russell mania versus Gressel mania. It really is because that's the same thing. I mean, for you guys to talk about the weakness in your left back, we've got a former rookie of the year and Jillian Gressel over at right wing on our side. So I think the, the battle could be won at the right wing position for both teams. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, it'll definitely Makes be sense. fascinating. So uh, another question we got from uh, the live chat previously that I mentioned to you guys before we started the show. I don't know how much you guys know about Atlanta. A lot of it seems to be met with some apprehension about the plastic fan base and uh, bought, not built. And we've heard the full gamut of uh, Twitter kickback and pushback to Atlanta United over the past three years or two years, two and a half years, whatever it is now. Um, but everybody's got some story or something that, I don't know if it sounds cocky. I think that everybody has something from another club that they admire or that they can appreciate. And one of the suggestions we got from the live chat was if you, of the things that you know about Atlanta United, are there any things that you think that the team front office uh, fan base culture, whatever it may be is doing really well, or that you, you look at on a highlight reel or something else and say, wow, that's, that's really awesome. I wish we had more of that in SKC and maybe set up a sort of barter trade deal between the two clubs here on maybe some things that you guys wish you saw more of in other clubs or something like that, that maybe we could learn from. It's interesting. Cause I think, I think the first thing to, to say is we're a little jealous the way Atlanta spins. I mean, you guys spend a ton of money on your players. That that's no surprise. And sporting kind of they kind of spread it around a little bit, kind of share the wealth. We don't have multi-million dollar players and whatnot. Um Atlanta, the fan base is just absolutely insane. I mean, until y'all lose and start tweeting about uh, the sky is falling and all that, you know. <laughs> it, doesn't get, it doesn't take long, does it? <laughs> <laughs> People want to, you know, sell in their season tickets and whatnot. It gets yeah. pretty crazy. But uh, I, I think the first thing that just pops to mind is uh, just the spending. I mean, bringing in Pity Martinez, Joseph Martinez, any other Martinez. I mean, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and 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 just to see seventy thousand plus fans in a stadium yeah. filled con- consistently. I know they don't open Mercedes Benz to seventy thousand every yeah. game, but forty thousand plus, and then multiple times a year, seventy thousand plus. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's great for the league, no matter who is doing it. Um, you know, we've had our fair share of spats with Atlanta fans online. You know, I'm <laughs> sure every other MLS team has as well. So yeah. 
we're, we're no stranger. But I mean, look, there. When you have a team that's as successful as Atlanta, it, it's good for the league. I think what is so great about Sporting KC that maybe is really rare for other teams um, is the consistency in in the leadership. You know, whether it be the ownership um, or their trust in Peter Vermees as a manager and, and a technical director. I mean, he's going on, I think it's his 10th or 11th year. I want to say as, as the head coach of, of sporting KC, he's the longest tenured coach in MLS. He's the winningest active coach in MLS. He's got a clear system, you know, sometimes to a fault, but when a Peter Vermees team goes out there, you, you know exactly what they're going to play. It's going to be a four, three, three. They're going to be uh, winning possession. They're going to be pressing and, and, and they're going to be attacking. Um, I know that's one of the things maybe with Atlanta that's been a little bit tough to adjust to this year is the switch over from Tata to Frank DeBoer. Mm-hmm. You switch an, an entire system and then lose a key player like Almiron, try to bring someone in like Pity. It, it's been a bit of an adjustment. So thankfully, Sporting hasn't really had to deal with that. Well, you mentioned winning possession. That'll be another interesting stat to watch this week because I don't think Atlanta has dropped. I, I could be wrong here, but I don't think Atlanta's dropped below 60% possession yet this season. No, just the one game against New England, which we won. It was weird because it yeah. felt like we had a lot of possession in that game. It just ended up in the 40, 40% or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly jealous of the uh, the trust, as you said, in Peter Vermees because right now we are seven games into the MLS season and People are calling for Frank DeBoer's head, and he's essentially got a fifty or fifty-fifty record, um, or two, three, and two, whatever. Um, well, just the consistency—not even in the front office, but the consistency in the fan base—is admirable. I mean, what I wouldn't give to not be seven games in and see the sort of distrust of a fan base that's had everything the past two years to see it fall apart as quickly as it has is, is somewhat um, disheartening at times. And so to, to hear about a team that's had 125 sellout games in a row is that's pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I guess uh, as we start to wrap up in closing a couple of things specific to SKC here, uh, what's the, what's the run of play or, or run of the day leading up to kickoff typically? What are some of the tried and true fan favorites leading up to, to kickoff and, and some of the supporter culture like out there leading up to the matches? I think, uh, everyone likes to get out there and tailgate about three hours early. Cauldron has, uh, the cauldron is the supporters group section and they have a big old blue bus that they park and uh, they charge a yearly membership. And if you got a cauldron membership card, you come drink from their kegs and a lot of people are grilling and always got barbecue smell going on. And uh, there is no like March to the stadium. I mean, they haven't yeah. done that in years, but uh, everyone just kind of breaks off on their own and, and goes in and gets their seat. So, but I mean, the tailgate's definitely a must. I mean, if you ever have any Atlanta people coming out here, uh, we're always pretty, pretty ex- very accepting to uh traveling supporters yeah that's definitely the, the thing to go see um the the tailgate i mean I, I i remember last year when when we were at the tailgate when minnesota united was in town and and there was like a great beer exchange like all the minnesota fans oh, got off awesome. the bus with like just yeah. cases and cases of surly beer and other like local minneapolis breweries and they just started passing it out and, and then they were getting our boulevard beer which is the big brewery here in kansas yeah. city and it was just really cool. Um, I've I've never seen the cauldron not be accepting of other fan bases. So it, it's it's a fun, and then when the game starts, obviously it's on. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, everybody's it, but... lit at that point, so yeah, <laughs> just kind of let it wash over you. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned barbecue. I'm sure you guys get sick of hearing it. 
<laughs> place to go get barbecue if you're in town. Where is it? Everybody's got one, I'm sure. Oh man, I've got a few. Um, what do you got? See, I got. If you want to get some some burn ends and some brisket, Q39 oh, is the best place I think to get some burn ends and some brisket. It's a newer place. Um, the best beans. You got to go to Jack Stack. Their beans are unreal. If you want like a, just a solid sandwich, though, go to Joe's Kansas City. Get the Z-Man sandwich. It's the best barbecue sandwich you'll ever have in your life. Yeah, I'd probably go on the Joe's KC train. Um, it's like a little gas station place, too. It's crazy. Oh, those are the best, man. Those, yeah. are, those are the best. We got a few of those in town here, which are fantastic. They, they never disappoint. Because, I mean, they're overhead, right? I mean, you just you got to make you got to turn out something good there. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess finally, um, whenever you're not supporting SKC, who's your go-to team? Doesn't have to necessarily be MLS. Doesn't have to be soccer. Even, uh, one of the fun things that we've done throughout this series is to find out other fan bases, other interests in other clubs, other teams, other sports, uh, around uh, the U S who are you guys watching whenever you're not watching SKC? I, uh, I'm a huge college football fan. That's my first love. I went to the, I grew up in LA. I went to the university of Southern California. So I'm a big Trojan fan, big tuba uh, player. I played tuba in the band. Um, yeah, did a Rose Bowl back before we were bad. Um, so I, uh, I'm a big college football fan, but I'm, you know, I, uh, I was giving you guys crap because I see a Liverpool jersey there. I'm also an Everton fan, so I, I'll give as much crap as I'm allowed to give, being in the perpetual misery of being an Everton fan. So, so how much stock do you put in this? Um this run that Clemson's been in over the past few years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kevin. So Kevin is a two time back-to-back graduate of Clemson. And I've had to just hear it for the past like oh, five years. It's miserable. Well, Dan, Dan's a Bama fan. So when we went, I went down and, and, and was at the game when SC played Bama and lost whatever it was, 52 to six. So I had to hear that for a while, oh, but yeah. um I, I'll tell you what I, I told my dad this uh, this uh, this past year. I said I, if I were SC and we had a coach on the hot seat, I'd open up the checkbook. I'd call Davo Swinney and I'd say, "What's your price?" That's a smart man. Yeah, that's a oh, smart yeah. man. Uh, we actually have somebody in the in the live chat uh, saying, "Jimmy, uh, Jimmy plays tuba, so do I." <laughs> Connor Thompson. We have another tuba there you player go. watching. Tubas yeah. unite. <laughs> what about you, Dan? Uh, I'm big uh, big Kansas basketball fan, uh, college basketball, and. Big Chiefs guy as well when our players aren't uh, beating women and kids and all that. So yeah, that's <laughs> tough, right? I mean, it's uh, you guys drafted Cole Hardman, right from uh, from Georgia. Is he gonna yeah, replace, yeah. Uh, replace Tyreek Hill? Ideally, I, I don't think he's as fast as Tyreek, but I think he's a uh, pretty much a duplicate. So they're ready yeah. to move on. Hope he doesn't have the off uh, off off the field issues that Tyreek. Yeah, exactly. Has. Yeah, I don't understand it, man. It's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. Not good. No. Nope. All right. The Browns will pick him up, though. It's fine. Oh, of course. Browns don't care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In closing, score predictions for this weekend. What are you guys thinking? You guys guys have never beat sporting. I mean, you guys are going to come in hot and hungry. I mean, I'm I'm a little nervous about it, to be honest. I could see us dropping this game 2-1. Pessimist Dan showing up, man. This is <laughs> this is every every week. I get a text wow. at halftime, and he's like, "We're gonna lose." Amelia's <laughs> bad. Like we're. Just, I think we might be kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole run of clips in the past <laughs> four years, it never fails. I'm like, start out the week. I think we got this. Middle of the week. Oh no, we're nope. definitely. We don't <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm more inclined to think. I, I you know, 
It, it, it really kind of depends on what sort of lineup Vermees puts out there with all these injuries that, that we've had. I do think there, that Sporting will get a result, but I would not at all be surprised to see like a 2-2 or 3-3 three, three, uh, draw. I think both teams probably want to go out there, put up goals, and, and try to um, right the ship because I know neither team has had the season go that the way that they want. But um, yeah, so a, a, a high-scoring draw would not surprise me. Yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning to, a, a, a draw. I, I don't know that Obviously, I don't know a lot about SKC, but I don't know that Atlanta United is that team right now to go out there and just put up four or five goals, which I think it may take to to come out with a win. But I could easily see a 2-2 or 3-3 like you're saying. So uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, we'll see. In the past few years, our one of our weaknesses, especially in at least in losing games, we talked about in drawing games, you know, parking the bus as Colorado did to us on on Saturdays, usually our weakness trying to prepare or penetrate, but the uh, the pressing, the high press, and everything with uh, yeah, it's been it's been been a pretty big weakness. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I will say the 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 defense has gone back. It seems to a four back from the three back, which we were rolling out of the beginning of the season. So yeah, I don't know what to expect there either because we kind of went to a three back at the end of the game uh, on Saturday. Well, it's so, because yeah. Colorado was so far back. Yeah. If 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 Colorado is not playing so far back and you're playing with a high pressing SKC team, which we can expect to see this weekend, I think you go back to the four back scenario just to shore up the back line. Either way, it'll be an interesting dynamic. I like Dan's two one. That's what I'm going to go with. Atlanta goes in and gets a win. Okay. No I Jacob think- Peterson though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Might be good for us. Um. I will say I think it's going to be an entertaining game because we see so often teams come into Children's Mercy Park and just park the bus like you were mentioning Colorado did to Atlanta. Um, I, I don't expect that at all from Atlanta. No and, and Sporting KC, I've never seen them park the bus at home. So yeah. I think this is going to be a, a, a fast-paced, wide-open game with a, a lot of running up and down the field. I agree. I think the difference maker for Atlanta is going to be Tito Vialba. If he comes in as a super sub, knowing how much the teams are probably going to be stretched, both playing really high up. Um, if if there's a player to watch out for Atlanta that could put them over the edge for a win, it could be a late sub Tito Vialba. Right now would be my assumption. All, All right, right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Where can the people find the show and you guys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever wherever content may be? Yeah, we are on uh, Apple Podcasts. Just search No Other Pod. Search Sporting KC. You'll probably be able to find us. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever else you listen to your podcast. Um, find us on Twitter at No Other Pod, Facebook.com slash No Other Pod. You can shoot us an email, hate mail. I don't know, No Other Pod at gmail.com. Um, I'm JCMac03 on Twitter. Dan, what's your handle? Uh, at Dan Kuzer. Awesome. So, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys uh, for taking some time out to hang out That's with cool. us. And uh, yeah, you guys heard it here. Be sure to go check them out. Show them some love, and uh, we'll see you guys this weekend. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 